Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Your Birth Bestie podcast. I'm your host, Beth Connors, and today we'll be diving into a topic that is both eye-opening and so important for pregnant moms and really anyone who's interested in hospital birth experiences. We'll be talking about the common birth myths that you might believe, some of which are my super pet peeves as someone who has had two hospital births. One of them went terribly wrong simply because I was vulnerable, I was not properly educated, and really, I was just too nice or too compliant of a patient. And knowing what I do now, I would have changed so much. And then I did actually going into my second birth, I had the most amazing redemptive hospital water birth experience, and I'm so grateful. I am also honored to have had the opportunity to be in birth work for the past four years. Half and half so far have been as a labor and delivery nurse those first two years, and now as a certified nurse midwife more recently. And actually a few days ago was my two-year anniversary of catching my first baby. That memory popped up on on Facebook and I was a, a student midwife at the time. I had so much to learn and these last two years have been incredible. So that was a really special moment to look back on. So with my own personal experience having two hospital births, both very, very different with you know, some preparation the first time, I thought it was adequate, Um, it was not. And then after going through nursing school and midwifery school and becoming a midwife, and then four days after graduating from midwifery school, I had my second baby. I had learned so much throughout those few years, and I took that upon myself to implement in my own birth, and that have also helped hundreds of moms since then as well. So I feel like there is so much unknown territory that women are just not talked about in regards to pregnancy and labor and birth and postpartum that I really felt it was necessary to create something for you listeners to have who are expecting a baby, whether it's your first baby or your fifth baby, or you're just interested in hospital birth or you are a birth worker yourself. I created a new free download for listeners called 15 Hidden Hospital Birth Choices that every pregnant mom should know from your first appointment to your last. And I list out the top five things most moms don't know going into their prenatal appointments. I talk about five choices moms don't think to advocate for in labor and during birth. And then five more requests or decisions to know about in the postpartum period while you're in the hospital. If you're interested in this download, head over to bethconnors.com forward slash choices, and I will link it below in the show notes as well. And revealing these hidden hospital birth choices will help eliminate unnecessary medical interventions, prevent complications, and really help you take control of your birth. It is all about arming yourself with knowledge to make informed decisions that align with your values and support physiologic birth. So today I really wanted to shed light on misconceptions around birth and the potential challenges that they can pose for parents. So whether you are a soon-to-be parent or really just simply curious, which I love just as much, stay tuned while we bust the myths and unravel the truth. So let's start by addressing one of the most widespread myths, which is the all-natural ideal. 
Many moms are tricked to believe that a perfect birth must be entirely natural without any medical intervention at all, or that we have to make a birth plan during pregnancy and stick to it 100% without any hiccups whatsoever. But the reality is, every birth is unique, and it's important to prioritize safety and the well-being of both the baby and the mom. Sometimes we know medical interventions are necessary and can be a lifesaver, actually, and that's a huge reason why many people choose hospital birth. And I'm not saying in every situation you should not have any medical intervention at all or that you should have medical intervention at all or which ones to choose because, of course, that is completely individualized and up to you. And that's why I love that there are many options available and then you have to get the information and take the time to make decisions that are best for your family. But you are probably here because you are choosing a hospital birth. And just simply because of this, you will be more susceptible to medical intervention just by being there. And that's not the point, but whether you choose medical intervention such as an epidural or a planned C-section or placing an IV for emergencies, maybe getting Pitocin, breaking your bag of water, agreeing to a cervical check, literally anything, that focus and that choice should be based on informed decision-making rather than clinging on to a certain ideal and then feeling guilty about it if it wasn't what you had originally planned for yourself or what your best friend or your mom or your sister maybe would have done. It should always be about you and what's right for your individual situation. And I don't know about you, but I follow a lot of natural birth midwives, doulas, birth workers, all on social media. And so many of the births that they share are so beautiful and calm and aesthetically pleasing for how mom looks and sounds and how the partner is there supporting her. And it's this beautiful, amazing oasis of birth. And then I feel like, well, my birth didn't go like that. It didn't look like that. I wish I was completely peaceful and I wish I wasn't screaming. I wish I had a beautifully, aesthetically pleasing space for incredible birth photos. I do often see these things and think about how amazing that is for the mom in the photo to have that memory captured. But I do get jealous, just being honest, about having that experience for myself. And I had maybe one decent photo that my husband took during my second birth. I didn't have anything from my first because it was just chaos. And then 20 others after delivery with dark mascara smudges under my eyes. And I was looking like a hot mess, but I was totally ecstatic in the moment. It was truly incredible. It was my dream birth, even though yes, I was in the hospital and I had minimal medical intervention, but it was great. So why do I have to compare myself and my experiences to these other incredible women? The bottom line is I shouldn't and you shouldn't either. If you haven't had a baby before, I urge you to not buy into this all natural way being the only way, the best way. Sure, there are benefits to physiologic birth and I love supporting the natural birth process, but that's not for everyone. That cannot be for everyone. Really because everyone is different, every situation is different, every pregnancy is different, and that's why being educated and confident in the choices that you're making and doing what's best for you is the focus here. Another myth that we often see is the notion that birth must be 
excruciatingly painful. While it's true that labor involves sensations, and honestly, to not beat around the bush, it's most often painful contractions, I'm not going to lie to you, it's important to recognize that there are pain management techniques that are effective in reducing your perception of labor and birth as being painful. Sure, an epidural or IV pain medication exists and are the most commonly used ways to help moms feel more comfortable, but it actually goes way, way deeper than that. I'm not going to say straight up that I believe in a pain-free birth, but I have witnessed it, and it's not that birth is painless, it's that the perception in your brain is overriding the stimulus of what your body is experiencing with delivering a whole human being. This is why I like to think about pain management as a choice and ensuring that the birthing person feels supported in whatever decision they make. Because pain is more intense if mom doesn't feel safe. If she starts to panic, if she doesn't have proper expectations, if she didn't prepare for birth at all, not knowing what is happening or how to cope or what is normal to be expected would probably cause panic for just about anyone. And I have always explained this using the TLC show, I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, where they interview the parents and show a reenactment of their surprise birth stories. I can tell you that not once have I ever heard about someone who didn't know that they were pregnant, go into labor, and go on to have a birth experience that wasn't pure chaos. Almost every woman who describes her story describes it as she thought she was dying. And I mean, who wouldn't? Of course, sometimes mid-episode, I question, like, is anyone ever going to be like, what if I'm in labor? Like, does that not truly cross someone's mind just even for a second that they are experiencing contraction pain? But I feel like this is a good representation of what it would look like if you did know that you were pregnant, like most people do, but then you don't prepare. So when you do go into labor... Sure, you are expecting it in some way that you are going to have a baby, but you didn't, you hadn't prepared, so you don't have those coping skills and that information and that confidence engraved into your mind to flow with the contractions instead of fighting them. I know from my own experience and caring for other moms, coping strategies are a practice skill, and if you don't do them in pregnancy, it is very difficult to surrender to birth when the real deal happens. And I'm not saying this at all to scare you. It hopefully just motivates you to look into your options and to do what's best for you. That is really all that I hope for when helping moms. I just want to share my experiences with you so you can take whatever of that is helpful and change it to be the way that works in your own life and for your own preparation for your experience. But birth does not have to be excruciatingly painful. We often see home birth videos, I feel like it's usually home birth videos, of moms coping very well through contractions, but those families do a lot of prep work, usually as part of their prenatal care with their midwife and or their doula. In hospitals, though, the prep work isn't intertwined with maternity care, so this is a part of why I feel like the epidural rate is so high in hospitals and moms are having negative experiences with high induction rates and C-section rates and overall poor satisfaction with their birth. But with the right preparation, I promise you that hospital birth can be magical. I promise. 
One thing though that I have to mention and is a reason why hospital birth can absolutely not be magical if it unfolds in this way, and that is the myth that labor must progress within a specific time frame. This adds so much unnecessary stress for moms, and in reality, labor lengths vary widely from, you know, like an hour or less to weeks. And by weeks, I don't mean your water is broken for weeks, just to clarify that. That would definitely put you at risk of developing an infection, which would not be good. But I'm referring to what a lot of people call prodromal labor, if you've heard of that. Prodromal labor is also called false labor, where you have contractions, but they are irregular, they never get stronger or closer together, and they don't cause your cervix to change, so no opening or thinning of your cervix, aka dilation and effacement. But when moms are anticipating labor starting, and they know about prodromal labor and trying to decipher the difference as a first-time mom is so frustrating. Even as a second-time mom, I struggled with prodromal labor during my second labor. And then let's say that you go to your OB triage to go get assessed to see if you're in labor because you've been contracting for a few days. And I talk about that in another episode as well, just about cervical checks and why they are not a good indicator of labor status. They are just snapshots of what your cervix is doing at that exact moment because five minutes from then, it could be different. So remember that. But let's say you're in triage and found to be two centimeters dilated, let's say, And then an hour later, a small amount of change was made. Let's say you're three centimeters and your cervix is changing. So you would be considered to be in labor. It would be early labor still, but this is not a time when I would want to be admitted into the hospital if contractions were still tolerable and an epidural wasn't a part of the plan or there weren't other risks to be monitored, obviously. But many hospitals will still admit moms at this point in their labor and then what happens is from this point, you are on the clock and that clock is ticking. The rush, when I'm saying that you're on the clock, there is this rush to deliver your baby that is all based on Friedman's curve, which was created in the 1950s to help OBGYNs assess the progress of labor and help them make decisions regarding interventions like C-sections. But Friedman's curve is a one-size-fits-all approach, which we absolutely know labor is not. Putting every mom to the same standards 100% of the time leads to unnecessary medical interventions and physiological stress for women. I would much rather support a physiologic approach that focuses on individualized care, that allows more time for labor to progress naturally when the mom and baby are doing just fine. There has definitely been a shift towards evidence-based practices and less adherence to this strict Friedman's curve, but I have absolutely seen inpatient providers before calling cesareans based on time. So hopefully just by knowing this, it helps you advocate for yourself or at least know that you might have some pushback with certain interventions if time is passing by in the hospital. But yes, you will probably be on a time clock when you get to the hospital. Some providers are more strict than others, but regardless, you have the right to ask questions and to ask for more time. 
literally whatever it takes to make you feel comfortable with the decisions in your labor is what is right for your situation. You should never feel rushed during your labor and a provider should never make you feel discouraged with with a statement like you're only four centimeters or you're still four centimeters. Or maybe they would say something like, if baby isn't here by a certain time, we'll have to do X, Y, Z. That is not at all helpful energy to bring into the birth space and absolutely can contribute to slowing your labor down because now you are fearful and you are worried and you are stressed. These all affect that hormone cascade that we want to increase that oxytocin and cause stronger, regular contractions to meet your baby. This would just do the opposite of that. And this goes hand in hand with surrendering in birth, which you probably have heard me say before. And it is so powerful and helps you get into that primal brain for labor. And it can help you cope and help those hormones to flow, that oxytocin to increase. But feeling like you have to surrender all control is not at all what I mean by this. And this is what the next myth is that I want to talk about. And your provider hopefully has your best interest in mind, right? You should expect nothing less. But they are not the ones that are in control of your birth because you are, right? This is why birth plans are great tools to communicate your preferences to your providers. And it's not about the piece of paper itself at all. It is great, of course, for you to have that in your birth room. And it's great for people that don't know you when you are at the hospital to understand your wishes. But it's also a tool for you to show yourself that you've done the work. Here's a list of all of my informed decisions. This is what I want and this is what I don't want. And there is really no reason to explain at this point because you've already made those decisions. Of course, having further conversations with your provider in labor, depending on your situation and talking through whatever is happening can be helpful but you would have at least already had that background understanding of the choices that would need to be made and what your stance likely is, which of course is so helpful and allows you that flexibility to to pivot at any time and still be comfortable in that situation, which is really important in your overall experience of birth and how positive you feel like everything went. It is really nice to have that confidence and that understanding going into a hospital birth so you can surrender to the experience while you have that birth plan and you have that background knowledge so you are still in control. I never want you to feel like you can't speak up about something or that you can't ask questions. I don't want that for your partner either because that is such a tricky spot for them to be into. They know, of course, what you want, but they are also hearing the provider's thought in the moment if something is maybe recommended that is outside of your birth plan. And they might then not know what to do. But prepping expecting parents with the information and the tools to have confidence in their choices and to feel in control no matter what happens is the key to a positive birth experience. Something might have to go against the plan and that is perfectly okay because what is important is that you feel empowered. And that comes from being informed and engaged in the entire process. Remember that birth doesn't have to look a certain way to be perfect. You can do what is best for you. You can take your time and let labor unfold the way it was meant to at the speed at which your body and your baby are comfortable with. And you don't have to give away your control when you enter through those hospital doors. 
By dispelling these myths, I hope you will approach birth with a more informed and realistic perspective. These are some real challenges in the world of labor and delivery, but your birth is uniquely yours and you deserve the best hospital birth experience. The key is to educate yourself, communicate openly with your healthcare provider, and build a support network. By understanding the realities, you're better equipped to make informed decisions and approach birth with confidence. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Birth Bestie podcast. Don't forget to download the 15 hidden hospital birth choices every pregnant mom should know at bethconnors.com forward slash choices. Until then, message me on Instagram at bethconnors underscore CNM with questions or comments about the show, and I will be right back here next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.